Hello and welcome to the very, very first edition of Billionaires in Boxers. I'm Phil Paluccia, your host, joined by Justin. How are you doing, Justin? Guys. Get used to seeing Justin. He's our, he's our co-host. He's going to be a familiar face. We're also joined by expert speaker today, Brian Mansell. Brian, how are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks, guys. Hope you're both well. Thanks for having me. Welcome, mate. Very nice. Well, you're in a nice part of the world at the minute. You're enjoying your lockdown. Do you want to share with the folks where you are? Yeah, I'm in Cumbria at the moment, uh, north part of England, uh, left-hand side, as you look at the map, um, at the Lake District. So just in a beautiful cottage, converted stone barn with no one in sight, beautiful rolling fields, nice sunshine. Just can't get to the lakes at the moment because it's, it's closed off. <laughs> well, look, guys, the show is here to, to kind of give you a bit of a behind-the-scenes look as to, to what we're doing. Um, somebody said to me something quite profound, actually, about 10 years ago when I set my business up and I was told it won't work. Um, and then one of my business mentors pulled me to one side and said, all of these people right now who are saying you can't do it in a few years time are going to be asking how you do it. That is the exact scenario we find ourselves in. So rather than answering it on a one on one basis, we decided to share all this knowledge with you, open up our business, open the doors. Um, one of the real strengths of our business uh, between myself and Justin has been our ability to, to network globally. Uh, and attract business and identify opportunities globally. Um, and that's exactly why we're going to be bringing you expert speakers from within our network as well, people that we turn to when we're looking for advice, and hopefully you can gain something from it too. I know, another thing is, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's a new world for all of us. You know, we're all learning, uh, we're learning to, to deal with the new reality that we find ourselves in. And uh, when myself and Phil met each other, we, it was a combination of minds, and uh, we realized that this is this is the new normal. Uh, regardless of how things turn out, this is going to be the new normal. And how do people prepare for it? You know, and and this is why we decided to to create a, a platform where people can actually not only hear about best practices and what people are doing out there. Um, it's bringing the world back inside our homes. You know, one of the big things my wife is always saying to me is. I wonder what's going on out there, you know? Because we're all sitting inside the house, we don't really know what's going on out there. And I've let, you know, I've had to leave the house once or twice, and uh, but she hasn't left the house. So she, even when she walked out the gate, it was like, you know, what's going on out there, you know, in the street? And 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 you know, people 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 need to to hear something that is not just doom and gloom. You know, we we need to figure out how to move forward. I mean. It makes sense. It's practical it? advice, isn't it? It's actionable steps. I think that that's what we're really key on here and, and bringing you advice that we would do. So rather than just having a conversation with Brian, as I have done for many years now, uh, when either of us are looking for advice, we bounce ideas around each other. We've entered into certain partnerships and federations together. Um, we're going to show you that. We're going to show you how we do that either so that you can leverage the information that comes from that network also that you know the exact steps that you need to take to go and be able to do this for yourself. Uh, Brian, do you want to introduce yourself, buddy? I mean, you, you and I have worked together for a number of years now. You're top of the game at what you do. You're one of the first, there's a reason you're on my first show. Um, so do you want to kind of give us a bit of an insight into to what you're doing and especially what you've kind of had to do to, to sort of adapt during this period? Yeah. Hi. Thanks, Phil. Yes. As, as you quite rightly say, we've worked together before uh, many times and it's always been a happy experience. So I was delighted to part uh, with some time today and to spend with you and Justin. So thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. So in a nutshell, I am, uh, how do I describe myself? 
um, bit mad, um, an estate agent, property professional, scouser, Liverpool fan, a lover of 70s music, all sorts of different things, right? Crazy stuff. But um, the one thing that I have uh, had running through my veins since I can remember is a passion to help people. Uh, now, my chosen business is property, and I've helped people hundreds of, well, literally about 30,000 people. Another thing about being on a lockdown is I try to work out how many people I'd actually helped move, how many transactions I've been involved in. Just over 30,000 transactions in 31 years of being a uh, working in the property market in the UK. So, fair bit of experience in that market. And I've spent the last three years um, after I exited by choice um, the boardrooms of some very large property companies in the UK uh, and, uh, and international companies. I decided to go freelance three years ago and use my expertise and what was in here to help people, particularly to improve the standards of how um, we work with customers in the UK uh, in the property market. And since then, I've been through networking with people like you and adjusting. I built up a very, uh, very large network, over 6,000 professionals that I interact with all over the world. Um, I've very recently provided some, uh, some advice, investment advice on UK companies to um, the New York, some uh, big, uh, big venture capital companies in New York, for example, um, and uh, offered advice across uh, different channels. So um, how do we deal with this is the question. Uh, what have I done to tackle being locked away? I, I'm fortunate in a way. In 2000, I worked for um, a, a very famous UK company called Foxton's in the housing market in central London, where I spent most of my career. Um, and we, at the time, pioneered a model that didn't involve having high street locations. We had um, teams of people basically working from home, um, operating within the Surrey south, south part of England, the Surrey markets and London markets, to help homeowners uh, and to, for us to be more nimble, to spend more time with customers at their homes rather than in the sort of semi-sterile shop environment. Uh, and that gave me a real insight 20 years ago into how a business can work uh, very effectively without the structures that people genuinely feel have to go alongside it. Um, and we proved that model very well. Foxons was then floated, uh, sorry, actually went sold for over £400 million. Uh, and I exited um, and took over the reins of a national, UK national estate agency business called Countrywide. And that led me into the second part of what is helping me now, which was the financial meltdown in 2008. Now, at the time, I was operating with around about 100 UK locations, a um, couple of thousand employees or, or colleagues, um, and we were called into a boardroom. Uh, I was telling this story yesterday to a colleague into a boardroom in mid-2008 to say, basically, we won't be able to meet our £55 million interest payments this year, and it will roll on to next year, and we'll then have to owe £85 million in interest with an EBITDA forecast at 10. So we're basically going to be insolvent. So we've got to do something pretty quick. And that led us to make this be very decisive very quickly, um, but to look forensically at how our business was being run. And we literally looked at all the different ways we could, first of all, save money, try and keep the income cost relationship the same before we removed any members of staff, because we absolutely wanted to make sure that people and their families were protected as best we could. But quite simply, we had to make some very quick decisions. And I, and I kind of think, I don't think right now we're in a similar situation, I feel. that We, are, we, we have no choice. Um, so therefore, we have to be decisive about what we do. But actually, at no point in 2008 did I ever believe that the business would never recover. 
And that was that to me has been the biggest lesson that I can share with you and your uh, and your viewers um, in this slot that I have with you is that if you fall into the trap of reading the news and watching headlines and reading headlines, you can very quickly just want to pack it all in. Um, and, and defeat becomes a reality. Whereas actually, if you look at what's gone before, anything that can compare to what we're going through, where you can see what clues are there, then you realize that actually the business will recover. Things will look a bit different, but actually it's going to be better. And I do genuinely believe that our business, um, we've set up lots of help groups, lots of online um, therapy sessions, really, I think for a want of a better word, um, we're offering free help and support to um, to clients and estate agents across the UK. But the message is very clear. We're going to be all right. You're going to have to cut. You're going to have to trim. You're going to have to get rid of excesses that you've had in the past, maybe downgrade your car that you didn't really need. Um, and um, uh, But actually, you'll learn new practices. You'll become more efficient. And actually, you'll become a damn sight more productive uh, on the way out. Well, look, we had... We've had two world wars and several years later, we put a man on the moon because of the technology that was designed during a time of war. Yeah. Um, you know, there are always massive advancements after times of crisis, just like there are huge opportunities. But I think a lot of people that are out there, and this is one of the criticisms I have of the, the fake shake, you know, the, the, the gurus out there that tell you how to do it, is that they're all saying there's opportunities, there's opportunities, get involved, but no one's actually saying, here's how you go and get the opportunity. Here's how you exactly. identify the opportunity. Justin and I are doing lots of business together, but most of the stuff we're doing at the moment, we're bootstrapping just like everybody else because we, we want to make sure that we're watching the pennies, we're watching the pounds, we're watching the dollars. Um, and hopefully you can get some insight into this. So guys, I wanted to ask you uh, a, a quick question that we'll touch on. Um, it's a question I've been asked quite a few times recently, and I think it's given what we're talking about, it, it's really relevant. Um, the question is, is it best to ride out this crisis? If you say if you say the term ride out, what do, what are you meaning? When I, mean, I say ride out, I mean is it best to to sit and wait for this thing to blow over at home? Is it best to to, to not take action and just kind of hibernate a little bit until the weather picks up? If you know what I mean, um, or is it best to try and take the bull by the horns and say we need to take some action and, and we need to we need to push on? What's what's the safest option? Well, I don't think there is a choice. To be truthful. Um, well, of course, there is a choice, but um, and there will be people that will be adopting a, you know, get my head down, batten the hatches down, cut my costs back to as low as I can and pray that the news brings us some evidence that we'll be back into normality in the next few weeks, which um, is fine. But actually, my advice, and, and I'll be very interested to hear what Justin has to say, my advice is that this is the time to start to plan. Yes, things will be different. Yes, things are going to change. But actually, um, this isn't defeat. This is growth, okay? Um, and whatever your path, whatever um, profession you're in, that will still be there, okay? That, that will still be there because, um, you, know, you know, there was a reason it started before coronavirus. Look, you know, there's a global pandemic on, right? Okay? And a lot of people are dying, which is which is shocking. But a lot of people die anyway, right? Um and, and I don't want to be the prophet of doom here, but you know, in the UK, for example, you know, sixteen hundred people were dying on a on a regular basis every day, um, you know, every week, uh, and you know, we haven't hit those numbers. Now it's pretty shocking, but actually, life goes on, okay. And um, the moment that we begin to become more aware of um, precautions that we can take, that's the only change that's going to happen. Businesses will carry on. If you stick your head in the sand, then probably what's going to happen is someone's going to come along 
um, and eat your lunch. No, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, we I live in a country, uh, you know, well, we haven't actually mentioned it, but I, I'm from right. from South Africa. I live in Johannesburg. And, you know, I live in a country that for the last 25 years, we've always had so many big things happen politically in our country that every single time people think it's the end of the world. You know, it's the end of, of, of the way things, are, you know, where, where, where uh, things were one way at one point, things are changing, you know, and we've ha constantly had the, this fear mongering through d different uh, organizations and people that, that, that try to get their own agenda across. Um, but ultimately what happens the day after is life just carries on. And if you, <laughs> exactly what you're saying there, Brian, if you stick your head in the sand, I mean, you are, you're going to be ripped clean. You're going to be, you're going to be, because it's, it's survival of the fittest. You know, this time, this global recession that we're going to be going through right now, and, and a lot of countries are going to be going through, is, is yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing what's going on. Uh, Health-wise, it's really a terrible thing. But what it has done is, you know, families like mine, families like fools, families like yours, uh, every man in the street, that they are starting to realize that there is no such thing as a guarantee in life. Guarantees. There's no guarantee I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. There's no guarantee that the ice caps is going to melt another virus in, in two years' time. There is no guarantee. So what do we do as humans? We adapt. Mm -hmm. Just, we, we keep changing. And if you don't adapt in the moment and you wait for the moment to pass, the people that did adapt are the people that are going to be successful, the people that, that are going to thrive. We're not talking about success. We're talking about thriving. You know, uh, uh, cutting your 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 bills and you know making looking. I, I mean, I I never looked at my budget really, to be honest with you, uh, until I got drenched last year. And for the first time, I actually looked what I was spending and what my uh, my my monthly cash flow requirements were. And I was like, geez, this is this is insane. And you don't look at these things because what the animals of debt and those things keep going. Now we've been focused. We we we've been forced to look at what's real in life, what do we actually need? And and how can we survive or thrive with what we need rather than what we thought we needed? And, and the world needed a wake up. You know, this is a terrible situation, but we've had a wake up. The way I describe it is the whole world has had a near death experience. And in the movies, when you have a near death experience, there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. That's when, that's when the movie always gets really interesting and uplifting and inspirational because people realize they've got a second chance at life and they do things differently. Now that might sound quite cheesy, but what I challenge people to do who are watching this, and this is the advice I give to my clients is, imagine you're the star of your own movie. You know, are you gonna be the guy that doesn't react or the girl that doesn't react to the near-death experience? Or are you gonna be that person that goes on and creates an amazing movie showing an incredible story from where you started to where you went? There is, way, there is another way to look at this to come come back to your question, Phil, and that is um, what's your risk strategy here? Okay. So, if if people generally are of a you know are, are risk averse, then actually to me it's more risky not to do anything than it is to plan and evolve and adapt. As Justin said, that is the less risky option right now. Okay, the bigger the, the more risk is to do nothing. Right now, because then, you know, if you're whatever business you're in, somebody will figure a better way of doing this. Because in times of crisis, giant leaps are made, particularly in tech and, uh, and, and the evolution. It's Darwinian almost in a way. Um, and I think, yeah, like I say, I think the, you know, the least risky option right now is to, uh, is to plan. Well, 
global networks and global partnerships come into play because as you just said you might be the best in your field at what you do phone partner with someone that's amazing at tech and designing things and put something together that's going to really change the game yeah that's that's how these things are done it's not by a developer thinking oh you know what i think the real estate industry needs it's this it's not it's combining a real estate brain with someone that knows how to build something and, and and together creating something brilliant and Hopefully we can start to show you how to do that after the break. We will be having a, a closer look at what we call Zoom in uh, on certain markets globally today. Uh, given it's our first episode, we're going to be starting on our markets, especially as Brian have and I have quite a lot of synergy and crossover there. So we'll see you after the break. And let's just dive straight into to the the show and 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 the, the benefits that you kind of hope to bring from uh, from your your Facebook Live group at the moment because I think that brings us nicely onto the problems that the industry are currently experiencing. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, the uh, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, the main principle of what we were doing was first of all, from our own business point of view, was to develop an audience. Okay, was to you know reach out while people are immobile to a certain degree using social media and technologies um, to host a regular show on a, on, a, on a weekday morning to inspire people, but really to show um, the value that we have with our experience and, and the fact that we are prepared to share it. And by virtue of that, we were encouraging and we are encouraging um, estate agents and, and you know, the business that I'm uh, a co-founder of, co-principal of with uh, my colleague, Sarah, we, we've had the pleasure of working with around about 3,000 brokerage houses, if you call it that, estate agency companies, God knows how many individuals that is. Um, and what we have always talked about, because I firmly believe it's key, is become a trusted advisor in your community. Um, and to do that, you have to be somebody worth listening to. And someone worth listening to, what you have to say has to add value. Um, and that's what we have been, I suppose, eulogizing over with our groups in the morning meetings, is giving them one or two topics a day that they should take back to their businesses and, and then start to become much closer to their customers. And, and that's something that was um, was very, very close to me when I worked at Foxton's many years ago. You know, they were not a, cheap, not a cheap brokerage. We were one of the most expensive in London. But people paid us well because of the job we did and the advice we gave and because we were experts and authority in our chosen housing markets. And that was the key. Uh, we weren't the herd, which is – you know, stack them high, charge it low type of model. That's not the model that I believe in. I believe in if you deliver value and profitability for people moving, then they'll happily pay you for it. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've used the social media channel to grow our audience, to deliver value, and to encourage the agents out there to do the same. Um, and the key message, I think, ultimately, and, and one of the big benefits from being in a bit of a lockdown is we've become very, very close to our customers. Empathy has become more important than selling. Um, you know, finding solutions for people uh, is the key. Absolutely. And that's what we've been really, really promoting at the moment. 
talking a lot actually about, about exactly that point we keep talking about unpacking your service get rid of the job title that somebody gave you all those years ago and told you what you yeah. are and what you were you need yeah. to think more solution based you know you're not a developer anymore you design solutions what is the solution that you can design that the market needs and i guess one of the interesting points on this that's and it's a great opportunity to bring up the global networking thing straight away is, is actually it's how justin and i first started working together was um that when the this kind of happened um the uk property market was going through quite a few changes anyway and it was a large uh, stream of revenue for me as part of one of my recruitment businesses and when coronavirus happened it stopped like overnight uh everything uh, we've all experienced it everything got put on hold people yeah. ghosted you it was you know it was a mess um yeah. thankfully i was most people were fully paid up with me um and i've seen some people on linkedin who are experiencing a lot of pain at the minute they're, they're practically considering breaking quarantine to go to somebody's house and get paid um <laughs> so so it's uh it's taking an interesting turn um but you know i had to look further afield i mean i you know the market in the uk wasn't there it literally disappeared overnight so i had the choice of as we were saying earlier I had the choice of sitting and writing this out and going well it will get better in a few weeks and everything will go back to normal and i can just ride it out for now or saying i don't think this is going to be the same again and even when things do come back it's going to be sort of world 2.0 um yeah. and we need to be ready for that and the best way to be ready for that is not to suddenly now head to youtube or udemy and buy a course and start trying to learn how to become a software developer or something somebody else has already spent as many years as you have in your industry in theirs partner with them because they also need to feed their families uh justin that's exactly how our relationship started buddy we uh, we were introduced and and we said um you know interestingly the next stage of the show is called brainstorming and that's exactly what we did it was a it was a brainstorming session completely open-minded no pre preconceived ideas about how we wanted to work together maybe we, we wouldn't work together it was just let's jump on a call talk about what each other does see where the synergies are and let's just bounce ideas from there and out of that or something pretty special do you both yeah, agree? The, the key the key that we spoke talking about brian and, and what you basically alluded to is value um what value be it to your customer base or be it to um, potential customers um can you show people value because you know humans globally at the moment are fearful of spending money spending budget or spending personal budget you know as a family, we're worried about it. As a core, as a company, we're worried about it. You know, so we don't. You just don't spend. So you got to show people value. You got to show people what you're made of, what you're capable of, in in your respective field. You know, um, I think we we were talking about uh, the Virgin Active guy, uh, the, the 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 personal trainer who trains maybe a handful of people a, a week, while now he's able to reach out to. Uh, you know, a couple of hundred people, you know, and, and he's showing real value. So, end of the day comes, uh, and, and when things normalize to something different, I don't think it's going to be the same. Then, then he's forefront in their minds. And the same as what you're doing, Brian, is you're showing people value. You're showing people that you care, you, that you're actually able to show them value without expecting anything in return. Um, and from there, people start to trust you. You know, I always, my, my mentor taught me always, they're going to like you first. They're going to test you, and then they start trusting you. And and showing people value is where they start testing you because they're going to start testing what you've given them and see if it's viable, if it works for them. You know, if it works for them, 
then they will want more. They, they, then they'll want to work with you. Then they want to deal with you. And if it's if it's as a real estate agent or if it's as a um, uh, a, a, a trainer, as a coach, whatever it is, uh, ultimately people need these things uh, going forward, you know. But how do we approach it? Is is the question that everyone's asking themselves? How do a lot we of people it? get a lot of people get stuck in their own head and they start to think, well, um, you know, maybe my industry is not particularly sexy. Maybe you you work in. I mean, Ryan, let's be honest, the state agency is not that sexy, buddy. You know, rec so recruitment isn't sexy. Estate agency isn't sexy. Recruitment for a state agency definitely isn't sexy. Um, so, so uh, but you know, it's th this is what I'm talking about. You might be an accountant, right? And you might think, oh well, who's going to want to listen to a podcast or watch a TV show or a Facebook Live from an accountant? Um, yeah. I would because I have no idea what's going on tax-wise in my business right now. The UK government seems to bring out a new announcement every day, and I can't keep up. And at the bottom of every page where I think I found the article that relates to me, it says there is no link to click on someone from the government will contact you. Yeah. When, you know, yeah. I, you know, so actually somebody doing a piece of broadcast or, or a live that's talking about these issues or a question and answer session. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do it. Even if you're an introvert, you don't have to get on camera. You know, some of the best introverts I know are fantastic podcast hosts because they're fantastic one on one. They just don't like being in crowds or being on camera. Yep. But they're incredible on radio and they're incredible on podcast. There's something that you, you've also got to remember. So look at this TV show right now. You are watching a TV series that was born out of two things. Number one, we're good at what we do and people wanted to share that advice so that they could apply it to their businesses and to their lives. And number two, so that we as a collective could share our best practice with you and create content for a TV station that needed content. There's something right there. We were already providing support. This was happening on Facebook. This was happening on Spotify, on iTunes, on LinkedIn. It was not happening on TV. It is now because TV stations also need support. So do radio stations. Think about the stations that are used to recording all the time, local stations that are used to having local news teams in the office. What are they putting out right now? How are they still producing content? You have some value to add. Get in touch with journalists, get in touch with radio companies, TV companies, broadcasters, YouTube stars, Facebook channels. Get in touch with them and say, this is what I can offer to your audience. What should we do? Is there, is there an opportunity for us to work together? And you will be surprised, I promise you, how many people say yes. Yeah, and on, on that point, actually, I'm developing a TV show of my own because I've been likened very many times in this country to Gordon Ramsay walking into estate agency offices. So I'm coming up with Mansell's agency nightmares from now on. I'm allowed to walk out of the bit of, into their shops. Yeah, but I can't at the moment. But I want to go in there, sort them out, get a few swear words in. The show going. would be amazing at the minute because it'd just be you walking up to close the state agents going, this is a nightmare. <laughs> this is not one here. Wow. <laughs> show over. Post it note through the door. I'll send yeah. you my check in the mail. <laughs> we don't listen exactly <laughs> we're very ahead of the fans yeah it's all the businesses that didn't listen to me <laughs> oh, absolutely well look i think the, the the point is that there's there, there are still opportunities out there to support people there are still people looking for solutions while we're in social isolation you know there is there's more of a need i think for people to give value as justin was saying earlier on to the because these are the people that need to hear it you know our, you know we need to hear it because we're naturally networky bubbly people and we like to bounce off each other and we're full of ideas and we've got a, we need a, a platform to discuss those ideas and have people like you and justin to say that's a crazy idea right or that's a good idea or yeah that do that one don't do that one yeah. but there, there, there are more people like your colleague the android developer 
that are there. Um, and it's back to your previous question, Phil, that are going, oh, my God, you know, I'm not going to survive. What's going to happen? And they need these sorts of things to encourage them out of their slumber and out of their worry to give them hope. You know what the biggest aha moment for me was when I set up my business or, or as I set up my business? So I started off, I was still employed and I, was, I had my business on the side. And my intention was I was going to leave when I was earning more money from my side business, my side hustle, than I was from my job. And I got there in about three months and that was it. I've never worked for anybody since and I loved it. Um, the biggest thing I learned, though, was the false economy of employment. Yeah. Because there is a, 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 a mass misconception that having a job makes you safe. Uh, so when I went freelance, everyone was like, you're crazy. You're giving up a salary and all this kind of stuff. Let's look at the facts of it, okay? That person who is employed has one salary, one job. If that company closes and goes bust, that is one redundant person. Whereas me, I will have upwards of between 5 and 15 clients at any one time. If I lose a handful of my clients, still all right. I've still got some more to help, and I've still got some more people to service, and I've still got more to do because of the global networking job decides that they're going to relocate and your family don't want to move to slough guess what no one wants to move to slough no to, not even people in slough sorry anybody in slough, slough. <laughs> anybody in slough in fact listen anybody in slough should be motivated by this listen to what we're saying because we'll help you get out of slough i only live about slough. Slough, so I <laughs> See, go and talk to you as well <laughs> no. some guys that uh, has just popped into my head that I want to share with you right now, because I think it's very relevant to the point you made, Phil, about your, your friend who's an Android developer. There was a book written by a guy called Dr. Joseph Frankel, um, and I've read this book many times, and it's a great read, and I would really recommend it right now. It's only about 80 pages, uh, so it's quite a, quite a quick one, uh, but it's called Man's Search for Meaning, um, and it defined two groups of people uh, in a period in World War II uh, in one of, the, um, one of the camps, the uh, German camps, where um, this, Joseph Frankel was a psychologist, and he looked at the characteristics between two people in the in the worst situation they could ever be in, um, so the prisoners, and how some people would just give up, and others who were eating the same food in the same circumstances would not. They would survive. And he also looked at the two um, prison guards, uh, one that was very humane, very humble, would sneak food in, and the other was very brutal. And he used his time there to try to develop this theory, which he called logotherapy, which is... The people that don't give up believe they're still, they still have things to achieve. Yeah. They're still on a path, whatever that path might be. And it might be out of employment into self-employment. It might have been, I've always been thinking about having the security of a job. And I've now realized, because I've been furloughed in this country, that that isn't secure. And maybe I'm not as essential as I thought I was. So I want to be the master. I don't want this to happen again. And as much as I think the governments of the world are looking at, you know, right now, protecting the world from this ever happening again. I think that applies to each of us as individuals as well. That's really fair. Look, after the break, we're going to be jumping into our brainstorming session that I'm really looking forward to getting into. Uh, what I would suggest uh, to all of our viewers is grab your phone, open up notes, um, maybe put on airplane mode so you can't be disturbed. Or if you're old school, grab a pen and paper because it's going to get juicy after the break.
welcome back. This is our brainstorming session. I am really looking forward to getting stuck into this, as I said. Um, the brainstorming session is, is a tool that we use a lot throughout all of our businesses. Um, business opportunities are rarely cut and dry. It's rare, it's rare that somebody will go out and say, I need A and B, and you say, well, here's A and B. Fantastic when it happens, but actually usually there's a lot more discussion. Um, Brian, I'm sure you'll agree. It's not even often that businesses know exactly what they want. They know what the problem is or what the outcome is that they want, but they have no idea how to get there. We use it within our business. Uh, Brian and I have done it on countless occasions, just in the same, where we will just kind of throw up ideas and we're going to base it on the things that we talked about within Zoom in. So this week we're going to talk about our industries within property, where the different opportunities might lie and how we could get stuck into it. So I guess a great place to start, guys, is the TV show itself that we're currently recording for, because this came up as, as exactly one of those opportunities, didn't it? Um, so, Justin, I mean, do you want to kind of put some meat on the bones in terms of how this relationship came to be? Because this is one of your your relationships that, that then kind of got built upon, and, and we can kind of put some meat on the bones for the viewers. Um, so I'm not sure how much uh, uh, the production team would be uh, open to sharing the story, but I'm sure they wouldn't have a problem. Uh, the, the owner of the station uh, I've known for many years. I mean, uh, probably a good 10, 11 years uh, we've, we've, we've known each other in business. Uh, this, they're in Zambia and I'm in South Africa and I've serviced them on various occasions on different types of things. And uh, he came up here the one day and uh, we, had a, we had a brainstorming session just like this and we we broke down the strategy of his of his organization and looked at content what kind of content we would, would be relevant to the market you know and one of the key things that we had identified was around entrepreneurial development um in in, in zambia and, and you know in southern africa and how to develop uh, entrepreneurs and what are the tools that they need you know you know kind of create some content around that and you know we, we were along down the road and suddenly COVID hit and things changed. Now, fast forward a couple of weeks later, myself and Phil connected and we realized that my vision for empowering young entrepreneurs and those kind of things was was relevant to us as well. You know, we just, we, we needed to repackage it. And we started doing some work with a, with another gentleman uh, by the name of Manoj. Um, Phil, you could probably say his I, well, I think. Well, yes. Uh, Sorry about that wrong we testing, you know, we started teaching, yeah, um, testing the, the waters regarding, uh, you know, working remotely and, and trying to show value and bringing some brains together. And we realized that there, there's true value in this for people because we're doing it uh, out of experience and ability. Um, but but we need to be sharing this. You know, this is this is an opportunity. I rang up uh, the the owners of the station. Uh, I pitched the idea to them and, and they loved it. And so we decided to create something that is not only relevant, but uh, we're able to show value. You know, the key like that we keep on bringing up is what is your value uh, in today's world? Are you able to offer value? And if you're not able to offer value, then you need to figure out how you can offer value because uh, things are so tumultuous that uh, that, that we, we're not able to uh, guarantee anything like you know, so yeah, so that's kind of where 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 the whole the whole concept of the show came up, uh, and it's just kind of progressed from there. I mean, and I think, look, I mean, it's the digital aspect to it that I think that gives it its power, and that's what I'm trying to get across to people is it doesn't matter what your message is, you can broadcast it, and it can be powerful. 
I mean, I never thought I'd see a day when the Pope was holding mass via an iPad on Skype, Facebook Live. I didn't think I'd see that day. That's a strange, strange day. Um, but incredible because people, you know, whether you're religious or not, doesn't matter what religion you are, whether you, whether you believe or not, people are looking for inspiration. People are looking for motivation. And whether that comes in the form of an online coach or whether that comes in the form of religion that's being um, broadcast globally and digitally. You know, if people take inspiration from it, then it's then it's always a plus for me. So when you're talking about brainstorming, um, for me, the principle of brainstorming is to come up with a solution to a, a known problem, right? Yeah. Um, you know, otherwise, what are you brainstorming for? So yeah. um, I guess it might be worthwhile looking at right now, what do you guys think are, well, what do you know, I should say, are some of the big problems that, you know, your viewers are facing right now? Yeah, I think it's... Um... So I think a lot of it comes down to fear. It's yeah. fear, it's fear of what action to take. I think there are we're talking about convincing people, right? We're talking about trying to get you from a mindset of I need to change. But actually, I think we also need to accept that there's a huge gray area of people who've had that realization and now just have that horrible feeling in the pit of the stomach and anxiety because they know they need to do something, but they don't know what that something is. So I guess the 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 question that we should brainstorm is how do you go about identifying opportunities and what are the first steps? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so from from my experience all these years in business, um, you, you've got two camps of people. So you'll have people that, they, they and I, I agree with you, they're all very fearful. They're all very uncertain, I think is the key word right now, certainly from my side of the, of the water. Um, so uncertainty is gripping a lot of people, but it's gripping people in two different ways. Um, there's a level of uncertainty, anxiety about will I have a job to go back to? Will I have, therefore, an income to support my family and myself and my bills? But there's also uncertainty with entrepreneurs that are thinking about, okay, um, I'm uncertain which direction to take. They're not worried so much about income or protection because they have that natural um, positivity that is going to be okay and we've been before. And they're uncertain about which direction to take now with their business or their ideas, which idea to pursue. Uh, and so on and so on. So I think the uncertainty element is key. Um, and one of the things that I love about what you two are doing with your show and Long May It Continue is that you're, you're covering a wide range of topics that will appeal to, I think, both those groups of people. So when you're, you know, certainly from, a, from my point of view, from a brainstorm point of view, it's always, as Justin said, it's always whatever, whichever way you come out of this has got to be valuable and it's going to solve a problem. But you need to identify what particular problems you're going to solve and what order you're going to solve them first of all um so uh, yeah tackling uncertainty i think is the key element of brainstorming okay well i think a lot of people are starting off by looking at their industry and then trying to work out whether there's still an opportunity there and then flipping it i'd almost argue that you shouldn't do that you'd start you start with yourself so i talk about starting with what you do have rather than what you don't have so if you yeah. start with yourself and you unpack your solution you can work out okay, I've written it all down and I've worked out that actually I know all about this bit at the beginning part of the process. I'm really competent at this bit in the middle and I'm also good at the delivery and support bit at the end. So what I'm going to do now is take those three solutions and I'm going to go and look at different markets. I'm going to start with my own sector because I've got contacts there and I'm going to look at different industries to see who needs those solutions and then I'm going to figure out how to package it to sell it to them, to present it to them. And that's where I'd start. It was, okay, so... I don't use this example. I didn't have to just think about a state agency recruitment in the UK. I had other arms anyway, but I then started thinking, well, what's going to come next for this? Well, even if we're just looking at the recruitment, in, sorry, the real estate industry. 
a lot more digitalization is what comes next which means that the tech sector is going to boom even further which means getting in with tech companies and speaking with tech professionals within the prop tech space even more than i do already probably not a bad idea because that's given where the opportunities are going to be um it's also about looking for the skill shortages and you'll see this yourself so one of the advice bits of advice i gave on a, a facebook live session and i'll give it again on here go to linkedin go to jobs and play around with all the different settings so get it so you're seeing the most recent jobs um put it search for worldwide a lot of people don't know they can do that in location search for worldwide search for your solution keywords so if you're used to front-end development in this that or the other or you're used to selling this or used to whatever it is you do search for some of those keywords and have a look at the jobs that are coming up because what you will learn from that is when you go to advanced settings and advanced search options it lights up like a christmas tree full of information you see which countries are looking which industries are hiring the most of that kind of particular skill set where they're paying who's paying more I mean, and this was the joy. I used to love when I lived in South Africa and worked for UK companies because earning pounds and spending rand felt like a genius idea. And I never understood why more people didn't do it. And the honest answer is because nobody had ever said to them that they could. They were still looking locally for a job. And this is the moment. If anything's going to do it, COVID-19, take something positive from such a negative situation. Let this be the moment that you change that for the better. So that's a really good piece of advice. Um, I'll share with you in this brainstorming session one of, I think, one of the best pieces of advice I've given um, that was given to me, I will add, um, very recently um, by a guy that I, uh, I network with in, um, actually in Pennsylvania in the US. Um, and that is to use, visit the website called alsoasked.com. Um, when you are putting content together, what you must realize is that Google is becoming um, an answer engine. Um, it's evolving away from being a search engine to being the world's fastest and most efficient answer engine. And so what it means is that um, people are looking for answers to questions rather than searching for things more now on Google. So actually, when you're building content, understand what questions are people asking. Google used to always be on the PPC side about, you know, phrase matching, you know, um, Put yourself in front of, uh, you know, and be attracted. People are attracted to you. So be front and center for your services. But now the evolution of search has become such that you need to answer questions. So whatever content you're doing, make sure it's answering questions that are being asked. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've just recently, uh, in the last 24 hours, written a very large blog and recorded video that will accompany it, will accompany 10 sections of questions I've answered. And the question, and I use also asked because that shows you the questions that are being asked on Google. But what it does is it shows you from that first question, the main one, for example, how do I buy a house? Okay. Um, from there, it then says the next question is what's, what's also asked is um, how do I get a mortgage? What sort of deposit do I need? Um, can my parents help me? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you both will be familiar with when you go into Google and ask it a question, you now get the ads at the top of the page followed by people have also asked. Okay. So that point there is obviously the highest organic reach. And if you are answering questions, that's where you are then discovered. More importantly, develop your content because then you are guaranteed to be giving value to people because they're actually asking that question. 
it's the, it's the roadmap, isn't it? So if you, you using this example, then you use LinkedIn jobs to identify where the opportunities are. Then you use also ask.com to work out what questions are being asked of that industry in that particular location, create content that matches it. Yeah, you will find the con enough content headlines there to last you a decade. Incredible. What a fantastic piece yeah, of advice. Start being, start being relevant, you know. If you're not relevant, then you're irrelevant. And in today's world, we can't afford to be irrelevant. That's no. such a good point. That's such a good point. But it's also now about being relevant right now. Mm. Next week, then you might be need to be relevant about something else. Absolutely. And you could add value today, but if you continue down the same path, you are you are unvaluable, whatever the word is. Can't think about it right now. You're not that valuable <laughs> because somebody else is, right? So um, be valuable, be relevant, valuable, and keep looking, keep finding ways of staying bang up to date with um, you know, how valuable you are, right? And you'll always be in demand. Well, I'll tell you a funny story that I think shows the difference in, in times, right? Just, just as you just said, and how now is one thing, but in a few weeks it might be something different. And hopefully this will help all the people who are saying, well, you know, when the kids are back in school, I'll have more time and I'll do it then. Do it now. Um, I think it was 2019, there was a Korean specialist who knew all about the Korean Peninsula being interviewed on Skype. I think it was on Skype. It might have been on BBC News. I don't know who I'm giving credit to for that. Um, but his children walked in behind him. I don't know if you remember. And then his poor wife rushed in horrified and tried to, to sneak the children out, right? And this poor guy looked mortified. He was he was on camera. He's talking and he's like this, like trying to get rid of the get rid of the child. It was, it was very funny because this little girl just comes dancing in, and then another one comes in in a baby walker. Right now, contrast this to I was watching RTE, their news channel, the other day, and someone was doing a news piece from home, and their little boy came up and sat on their knee whilst they were carrying on, and then carried on. That's the new norm, right? That is fine. Your Thank children you. walking in on you when you're Skype conferencing a president of someone on the other side of the world is completely normal now, right? That's why the show is called Billionaires in Boxes, because you have no idea what's going on beneath the waistline. He's finishing them off straight away. But, you, <laughs> but this is it. You have no idea. The amount of times, and I can't believe I'm admitting this, but we're, we're, the show is all about honesty and sharing with you what we do. The amount of times I've ironed a shirt and sat there in a pair of socks, boxers, and a shirt is unbelievable. I've even tucked the shirt into the boxers to make it look a bit tight fitted. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Exactly. I mean, note, if anyone was wondering why my office seems very pink, is <laughs> because my wife decided a week ago to change my office and my daughter's office. So the next question I had was like, okay, so are we gonna are we gonna paint the place? He's like, with what paint? I'm like, don't we have paint? She's like, I don't know. So 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 this now is, this is his story. He actually asked his wife for a Disney princess to office. I said, Philip, we you know we we need to we need to bring this into the the broadcast because I can't have people thinking uh, this is my pretty pink uh, broadcasting studio or office, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So on we're that note, look, we make do, you, you know, we make it work. We do, we certainly do, and it looks good. It, it, it the color suits you, it brings out your eyes. It's lovely. Happy color, right? Exactly. So look, we're gonna um, we're gonna go for a break just now. When we come back, we'll give you those websites again and just kind of overview that advice and tell you because that's the starting place. Okay, those action points are where we'll start. So we'll come back to you after the break.
and welcome back. So a couple of action points just before we head into the final uh, part of the show. Um, obviously, Brian has very kindly given you also asked. Is it also asked or also asked, ED? Also asked. We will also put that on the, the website and in the YouTube link below so you can check it out. LinkedIn Jobs is great. You can also do the same thing on uh, Indeed. In fact, a lot of people don't know this. If you go into Indeed into advanced settings, you can actually tick a box that removes uh, recruitment agencies as well. So you can just see the companies that are recruiting raw without those numbers being sort of manipulated, I suppose you could say. Indeed. 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 Indeed, indeed. <laughs> it's, a it's a plug for indeed indeed i spend enough money with you I, this is a, i'm giving you a plug i spent enough money with you you guys should give me something <laughs> um that's what we're using the tv show for anyway um brian look your advice has been absolutely fantastic buddy i've, I've really enjoyed having you here i'm hoping you'll come and join us again and, and, and when things are a little bit less crazy and we can um discuss what you're doing in a bit more detail because uh one of the things that we haven't even touched on is that, oh, yeah. that Brian is probably one of the best sales trainers I've ever had the privilege of working with. So um, if you if there is a man who can talk to you about how to position your message in front of your customers and get that right, it's certainly Brian. Yeah, I'd love to, Phil. I'd love to. I'm happy to do a segment on your show whenever you like me to. So, yeah, very like to. And obviously the property technology side as well, that we're on yes. Central London, which is huge. We are absolutely obsessed with making things easier for people when we come out of this lockdown. So they can move home in the UK like they do in everywhere else in the world, which is pretty decent in the rest of the world. Just the UK is not very good. Uh, I think that's the reason that people need to look at this as well, though, because there's, there's so many things, and, 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 I, and I can't stress this enough. Please deal with what you have and not what you don't have. So I've seen a lot of people saying things like, this is the time to now start upskilling. This is the time to learn something else. Sure, I completely agree with that, actually. I think this is the time that you need to be planning for World 2.0. And I think if you miss out on this planning opportunity because you were busy learning French for some reason, um, <laughs> it's probably not going to do you your business any favors, not unless you're planning on moving to France and they uh, don't mind doing business with someone that's done Rosetta Stone Level 1 and 2. If I've, uh, I've got yeah, the, 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 the French app, but I've never actually decided to uh, do anything about the app, so... <laughs> I tried to do Rosetta Stone German, and I downloaded the German app and got really confused and never bothered. <laughs> Phil uh, and Justin, can I just maybe leave this last point in with you about what you've just said? Um, I'd like to make it one of the poignant ones for your list, your uh, your viewers. Um, the only experience I can relate to in this, in terms of the importance of doing what Phil's just told you to do, is that I sat in a business that was about to go insolvent, that was that was had an eighty-five million pound interest payment to make. We survived. For one reason, and that is because we had a simple, clear plan to get us out of it. And we stuck to it diligently because everybody agreed it. We brainstormed around it. We tried to break it, and we came up with a solid plan, nothing too spectacular to that plan, and we kept it simple. Um, and you're dead right. Focus on what you're best at. Be the, you, know, you have an opportunity right now that you've never been better than you are today at what you do. Right. And that's the point. 100%. And I think that's what people need to build on is they need to grasp what they have and then learn how to leverage that. And I guess, you know, the global networking thing is a great place to start. If you don't already have a LinkedIn profile, please go and set one up. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I promise you it will be beneficial. If nothing else, it's useful for backlinks and, and linking with other people who are selling into your market. You can learn a lot from each other. There's, there's some phenomenal opportunities that come out of these conversations. 
Um, you know, there's, there's two takeaways that I, I, I'd like to bring up is, you know, uh, one of my mentors always used to uh, quote, I think it's Robin Sharma, uh, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Mm. If you, you know, if you, if we keep doing what we're doing uh, and expecting a different result um, or a better result, then we're deluding ourselves. Um, stick to your knitting. Uh, and know your know your skills and know your flaws. You know, if you don't know your skills, what you're capable of doing, then you need to talk to someone, someone that can help you, a peer that can 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 uh, you know tell you what you're capable of, what you're good at. But if you know, stick to your knitting. Know what you're good at, and know what you're not good at, and know that in to be successful in life, you're not going to be able to just drive your own agenda. You're going, to, you're going to have to partner with people because there's a very few, there's a very small percentage of humans out there that are complete, that are able to 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 be uh, everything to all people. You can't do that. It's impossible. So be realistic. Uh, know what you're good at. Know what you're not good at. And change it up. Because that's Well, here's a working example of that that I can share, okay? <laughs> so one of the areas of my business that I'm not particularly good at which is weird because I was always really good at it for other people is lead generation and appointment booking. I'm not good at that. I can identify opportunities. I'm great at converting them when I've got them on the phone. The middle bit eludes me. Even if just doing it for myself, it completely eludes me. I started off my career doing that for other people and I was the best at it. Um, it's just a weird scenario doing it for myself. And I've always said other people can sell me better than I can. Some of the ways Brian has introduced me at events is nicer than anything I've ever said on a sales pitch. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes it takes somebody to spot your potential, spot your opportunity and allow you to push that. So one of the things that Justin and I did was we've linked with a partner of ours in Cape Town who owns an outsourced call center. Um, they have some really highly trained professionals that are doing some insurance sales for some companies in the UK and the US at the moment. And they're jumping on our team. We've, des we've designed a, a structure for a call together and we've developed some lists of companies that are looking to recruit certain positions and it's working a treat. The conversion rate is fantastic because they are having the initial conversation. They're not wasting anybody's time. They're saying, this is who we are. This is what we do. Is that helpful for you? Yes, it is. Let's book you in for a call. That has been a godsend for my business. Um, and it was a relatively easy thing to set up as well. Now, the thing is with my team, I've got quite a large team. So we had to go and use an outsourced contact center. This could just be one person for your business. This could be one person working a couple of hours a day for your business could make this difference. There are people out there that are looking to use their skill set as well. There are good salespeople out there that are looking for things to sell. There are good developers out there looking for things to build. All you've got to do is present the opportunity in front of them and see who it resonates with. That's the great point. And the irony that I've, that's not lost on me right now is that in a world of self-isolation, we're closer than we've ever been to each other. Yeah. And the world the, the world 2.0 in my book is about collaboration. Exactly what you both said today, you know, and don't be so arrogant to believe you can do everything yourself or you're the best at everything. Um, I was taught by a very important man a very long time ago at Foxton's um, press one button, but press it well. Yeah. Get two other people. If there's three buttons, get two other people who are bloody good at pressing the other buttons for you. No. Take it back to sport. You know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. You know, yeah, I would yeah. never ask my best striker to learn how to defend because I don't need them to defend. I need them to score goals. I also don't need them having to run from midfield. If that's not their thing, stand in the box and I'll find someone that can put the crosses in. 
don't need that person to be able to score. I need them to be able to put the crosses in. Um, I used this on a Facebook Live recently. If you haven't watched it, it is a baseball movie. So if you, if you don't like baseball, it might be a little bit boring for you. Um, watch Moneyball, please. Yeah. Right? It, the, the idea behind Moneyball is very clever. It's that instead of buying a player as an asset and a name on the back of the shirt, you instead break down what you need as a team. So you look at what you have and you say, we could have achieved playoffs with 17 extra home runs. So we need to buy 17 extra home runs. So that allows you to now start looking at the market for things that other people wouldn't have. You know, maybe that pitcher's being, sorry, maybe that um, batsman's being sold because he's lazy or he smokes or he's got an ugly girlfriend or he's got a weird name so it doesn't sell shirts. Whatever it is, he, there's a reason that the normal market has depreciated his value. You can go and pick him up at steel because he's perfect for what you need. He's not perfect for everybody else. Uh, I won't give away the ending, but please, please, please watch the film. It is absolutely brilliant. I know it's available on Netflix. I'm sure you can check it out wherever you want to, though, if I'm completely honest. It's well, well, well worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great film. I fully endorse what you just said. Well, there's yeah. business lessons in it as well. So the amount of times that I think like that in business now, in terms of a, I don't need someone to be able to go and do this. I just need someone who can book me five appointments a week. That's all I need. And And once we've got that, Everything's absolutely fine and taken care of from there. Uh, Brian, just touching on what you said before we go, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Um, you've just mentioned then about us all kind of being closer than before. A couple of points I just wanted to give with, with our, our viewers just before we leave is please keep in touch with people. Um, I would highly recommend you do the, the following task, okay? Take 10 people, five of them who are friends of yours, uh, contacts of yours that you haven't spoken to within the last two weeks. And another five are people who you've worked with previously, previous bosses, your colleagues you enjoyed working with. Don't talk about work. Just message them and check how they're doing. See that they're all doing okay. The love that will come back from the friends is fantastic. And the stuff that comes back from the business contacts is usually even juicier. Um, there's usually several opportunities that come up there. I'm great. How are you? Business has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, me too. Maybe we should do something together. The amount of times that's been the beginning of a conversation over the past few weeks on my WhatsApp unbelievable and you should definitely be tapping into that as well um just before we go we we i'd like to end the show with some good news and on a good point i mean there's, there's a lot of negativity around the guys have been absolutely fantastic um justin will be joining us again next week uh, brian hopefully will join us again at some point in the future um but i did want to give you a bit of an introduction to, to the news that's coming up i feel like the world needs a bit of a hug at the moment um, these two videos that are coming up next, one of them is a clip from a National Health Service hospital here in the UK, um, singing a song and sharing a moment together on either sides of the intensive care quarantine unit. It's a, it's a heartwarming moment. I hope you enjoy it. It's a song that means an awful lot to me, uh, followed by a compilation video of different radio stations also playing the same song in solidarity globally. Um, hopefully you'll find it inspiring. I certainly did. Uh, until next time, stay remote, stay global.
Iedereen die thuis zit, voor iedereen die op dit moment zo hard werkt in de strijd tegen het virus. In meer dan 30 landen op meer dan 180 verschillende radiostations wereldwijd. Maar de komende drie minuten zijn we allemaal één. Het begon eerder deze week als een zot idee in het hoofd van Sander Hogendorn. Bijna is het zover. Voor iedereen die te maken heeft met het coronavirus. Deze boodschap. Als het goed is, loop je nooit alleen. 150 radiostations starten hem nu in. We are all getting together to do this right now. Gewoon even lekker samen zingen. Deze is voor jullie. Voor u allemaal is hier Jerry met de pacemakers. You'll never walk alone. You will never walk alone. You never walk alone. You'll 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 never walk alone. You will never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. 